missed fall enrollment? It's your time to shine at William Peace University. WPU is enrolling for the spring semester at our co-ed university in the heart of Raleigh. We offer more than 30 majors, including esports and gaming administration, simulation and game design, and interactive design. Our classes are taught by full professors, and our small class size means you get one-on-one instruction and immersive learning. Plus, we connect students with internships. William Peace University, your time to shine. Get started today at peace.edu. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to a morning after podcast baseball edition because for the first time maybe ever that did not involve fog in the arena, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes have been postponed really because, frankly, Columbus and Tampa aren't done yet. The game that started at 3 o'clock is still going on as we are recording this uh, they are in uh, the fifth overtime. They have played almost five, four minutes of the fifth overtime. My friend, I am Adam Gold, by the way. Alec Campbell joins me. We are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. For everything for your home exterior needs, AluminumCompany.com uh, has it. Uh, can Aluminum Company build another arena so the Hurricanes and Bruins can play? Gosh. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. They're in Toronto. I thought there were. I thought there was a rink like there's like a hundred rinks per square mile, isn't there? Can't they just go to the practice facility and play there? Right. I. I uh, basically, what you're telling me is the game was postponed because it's past our bedtime. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, there's apparently an eleven o'clock curfew to start a game <laughs> in Toronto, of all things, right? This is like Carrie in a concert. You know, this is a, this is a truism. Uh, in Carrie, they cannot be uh, they cannot be on stage. Actually, I think it's even at uh, uh, Walnut Creek. They can't be on stage beyond yeah. eleven o'clock. It, everything's going to wrap up by eleven. Cocabooth Amphitheater. Yeah, I live in Carrie. I know. I know the rules. We we go to bed early and we drive five miles an hour under the speed limit. What, what's it to you? Holy cow. Uh, so, uh, if I mean, by, by now people know the schedule. I mean, the Hurricanes and Bruins will play at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning or this morning, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, the Stormwatch starring Alec Campbell might already be underway at 10.30 a.m., Uh, There will be a very cool conversation I had with Rod Brindamore uh, that we recorded uh, in the morning, in the morning on Monday for uh, for the or or the morning Tuesday for the for the Tuesday night game, which, of course, uh, hopefully I will have talked to Rod again by then. But I know he was on. He was not happy because his suggestion was not to play games at three and eight. But to have the game, the first game locally start earlier, just in case it went to extra, you know, more than two or three overtimes. Yeah, but I mean, everything is basically still applicable besides maybe that part um, of the interview, which I, by the way, have not heard yet. So (laughs) I'll be interested to hear that. Wait, do you want me to tell you? Do you want me to tell you who was starting in goal? I am completely prepped. For whenever this game takes place, I'm not going to change a thing. 
Well, I, if if I were you, I would have a mimosa or something at uh, at ten thirty for the start of this. Well, well, I mean, right now I'm jacked up on coffee. I'm going straight to the liquor cabinet when I get home because I need something to balance me out. Wait a second. Do you need do you need to find a uh, a fill in tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm I'm on the horn with everyone right now. Like the whole world is texting me while we do this. <laughs> oh, this might be my favorite morning after podcast edition ever. Yeah, uh, it's, just, it's insane. It's insanity what's happened. All right, I am Alec um, Gold. That's Alec Campbell. Alec does Stormwatch and Aftermath for Hurricanes games uh, on the radio. And uh, tomorrow at 10.30, he'll be doing Stormwatch. And then noon, the day job, somebody else, I assume it'll be Dennis Cox, will be sitting in for you. Although, I don't know what Dennis Cox's day is like. Uh, he might not no, be able to, but I mean, he's going to be Dennis, there, I guess. Dennis Cox, Dennis Cox has a doctor's appointment he has to go to around noon. So it might be the Jonathan Rand Project. Oh, my gosh. Tomorrow afternoon as well for a couple of shifts Holy in a God. row. Uh, all right, let's let's get to. Uh, I, I mean, I did a preview of this series. Let's talk a little bit about this. By the way, uh, for those people who are unaware, and I don't know if it's going to change, uh, because well, I, don't, I mean, I don't anticipate anything changing. Dougie Hamilton was going to draw into the lineup. He was a go, uh, and in I'm not saying it was a surprise because I believe Hayden Flurry is one of Carolina's top six available defenders right now. Flurry was going to stay in the lineup, and Jake Gardner and his $4.1 million contract over the next four years was coming out. Do you, do you realize the amount of free agent money that could not get on the ice for the Hurricanes in a playoff series with Ryan Dezingle not drawing in either at more than $3 million a year? Yeah, that's insane. I guess um, Dezingle is not as surprising for me only because we've seen no, it the last couple games. Not but, surprising at but, all, but just as there's the two yeah. free agent signings this offseason did not make yeah. the, the, the playoff, the first game playoff roster. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy, man. It's really crazy. But that kind of goes to show you where this Hurricanes team is and uh, in terms of their, their lineup, which is a pretty good lineup. I mean, they, yeah. they've got a lot of good players on their team. Uh, a lot of guys, they've grown themselves for the most part, too. And that speaks to Hayden Flurry and some of the others. But, yeah, it's pretty pretty wild, man. Pretty wild. <laughs> Everything is wild right now. 2020 is drunk, completely <laughs> drunk. Or sick. One of the two. It's, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yes. I'll just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. Um, here, here's the other thing. Peter Morazic was going to start in net. And uh, there were no changes to the forward lines, I believe, the way Carolina finished out the game against the Rangers uh, a week ago tonight, Tuesday night, was the way they were going to start game one against Boston, which meant Warren Fogle would be playing with uh, Vincent Trocek and Martin Natchez, and Nino Niederreiter was on the fourth line with Morgan Geeky and uh, Jordan Martinook. So that's the, that's the way uh, that was going to go. Um, because Brock McGinn had moved up and played with Stahl and Williams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this has been a weird year, so why should why should this be any different, right? No, I mean, and the thing is, like, you know, back to the, the case of, I mean, that, that I like those three together. I feel like Nino hasn't been, well, I mean, I don't feel like, I know he hasn't been real productive all season long. 
um, in terms of like goal scoring and that, you know, so I feel like he's just as effective playing on the fourth line as he is anywhere else. Um, and, you know, back to Hayden Fleury too. Like, I mean, Hayden's been good. Yep. You know, he's good. And they've got, I think, probably enough offensive threat from the blue line between Hamilton and Vatanen and, uh, and, you know, even Slavin has given them something already during these playoffs. So get Hayden a little more defensive minded, I guess, out there to balance things out. And he's been good. So I'm, I'm good with all the moves. Yeah, it's in my conversation with Rod that, again, will be completely dated when you hear it uh, during Stormwatch, uh, but it was fun. Uh, I asked him about Flurry because I wasn't sure which way he was going to go. In the preview, I thought uh, that he would give Gardner, because Gardner hasn't played badly, uh, that he would give Gardner his the first crack at it because there there is a free agent investment, uh, but also... If Sammy Votnin is not good on the power play, you can fall back and still use Gardner. Um, right. But the other side of that is not that you want to protect Dougie, but if you can avoid having him play um, on the penalty kill, Flurry has been a pretty good killer of penalties. Uh, so Joel Edmondson is not coming out of the lineup. He was second on the uh, in uh, ice time among defensemen. Uh, so Edmondson's not coming out. Shea has played his best hockey since the arrival. Votman right. was brought here because of his offensive abilities, uh, and he's a good player. Um, so, plus, not to mention he's a right shot. Uh, so it came down to me, Gardner or Flurry. I was surprised, but uh, Rod says he's been physical. He's been really good, which I can't believe Rod said because Rod was never really a big fan of Flurry, but. I think Hayden has made a believer of Rod this year, just like Aho has made a believer of, uh, you know, of of Rod about Aho playing center. So I mean, big, good, good on you, Hayden. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just a situation where it just you know literally takes guys a couple of seasons to get used to stuff and feel like you're a part of it. You know, like Hayden's not a. I would say he's not the most, like, outspoken dude. I mean, obviously, I don't know him, like, behind closed doors or anything like that. But he seems like the type of guy – I mean, you don't just it's, – it's tough to, like, walk into – waltz into a locker room and, you know, just, just, just ooze confidence immediately when you're as young as you are playing in the NHL. And, you know, you, you don't just walk into a, to an NHL locker room and pretend like you own the place. Hayden kind of – understood his place and I feel like he probably found you know himself a little bit more like he feels like he belongs now because he's been around a couple more years fits in a little bit more is a little more comfortable with everything the game speed the systems all that I mean maybe it's just simply a case of guys needing a little while to get used to playing at this level and feel comfortable in the locker room so I mean you know Hayden was a highly touted highly drafted guy yeah so it was you know, maybe it's just overall. a case of that. Yeah, right. When you're the seventh pick overall, and it's seven years after your draft year, and you're having a hard time cracking the lineup, I mean, it it could get, it could wear on you. But to his credit, man, he has he has kept at it, and he's made a believer of a head coach that wasn't a believer in the you know even earlier this year, midway through the year. I'm not sure Rod right. believed that he would be playing Hayden Flurry mm-hmm. over Jake Gardner. So uh, so good for him. 
Uh, and, you know, just to, uh, to get to the Niederreiter thing, and then we'll talk about the matchup of the series for a couple of minutes before you get home uh, because you have to get up early. Um, the, uh, the thing I like about Niederreiter, I think Niederreiter is a pretty good guy on the forecheck. I mean, that's one of, yeah. the, one of the things he does do pretty well. Well, Martinook yeah. and Geeky have been tremendous in that regard, and it has created a bunch of offensive chances. You put Niederreiter on the left side versus a Brock McGinn on the left side of that line, and all of a sudden, that line has a little scoring punch that they didn't have uh, in, uh, in the past, although they have contributed offensively because, you, I mean, Morgan Geeky is a very good hockey player. Uh, who's yeah. only going to get better as he gets bigger and stronger. Um, but it, it really balances out a bunch of things. Uh, and the fact is that Fogel plays, uh, he can play higher in the lineup because he's got a little bit of high end. And it makes the Williams-Stahl-McGinn line kind of the fourth line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily disparaging Nino. I mean, I, I right. like some of the things he does. But it hasn't been, you know... Uh, an, a productive year in nope. terms of the numbers. But I, I actually think that in the games they've played so far in this restart, he's been pretty good with not a lot to show for it. Right. And I've always liked Nino. I mean, he's a big body. I've always liked him down in front of the goaltender. And I feel like he's gotten himself in front of the goaltender a bunch of times in the restart. I like him when he's going on the power play down low in front of the goaltender too. Um, so there's some value there. There's a physical nature to his game and maybe some of it's just a lack of fortune in terms of scoring goals down there because he's in a tough spot when he's posted up down low, he's in tight spaces. You know, you're getting bumped around pretty good when you're down there as well. So you're picking up trash. It's hard to get a good handle on the puck a lot of times. So maybe it's just a little bit of that more than anything, but ultimately I think he's been in the right spots and doing the things that he does well, it just hasn't been, you know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be taking Nino out of the lineup um, for necessarily playing poorly, but maybe just, hey, let's see if we can get somebody else going. Right. I mean, look, at, at some point, Ryan Dezingle may draw in, and my guess is that if it's not due to injury, it'll be because uh, Nino has been unproductive, because that, to me, those are the two interchangeable spots. Um, Nino obviously plays a heavier game uh, than Ryan. We'll see how that works out, but I don't, I don't anticipate any changes to the lineup just because they're playing at 11. And the Tampa Bay Lightning have ended the game, uh, I think it was Braden Point, at uh, 11, at 10-27 of the fifth overtime. I feel bad for Jonas Corpusalo. He made like 100 saves in this game. 88, 85. Hold on one second. Do you have any eighty-five to say, saves in a loss? Yeah, it does suck. It sucks for uh, sucks for Columbus. Shouts to our friend Dr. David Ridpath of Ohio University who had to watch yeah. all that. Um, Man, I was thinking about Ridpath all night long. <laughs> uh, all right, real real quick about the uh, the matchup against Boston. Um, in a way, I'm a little surprised that so many people are on the Hurricanes bandwagon yeah. here. I mean, yeah. a little bit, um, but maybe they're just seeing what I'm seeing, what you're seeing, what others are seeing, in that this is a much better team than faced Boston a year ago, obviously healthier. 
Um, but a better team, a deeper team, a better team defensively, a, a less injured team, uh, and I'm not sure Boston is as good or as deep as they were uh, a year ago. Yeah, I mean, they don't have a few players that they had on the team last year. Um, and they were the better team on paper in almost every category throughout the regular season, if you just look at it there. Oh, they were the best team but, in hockey. They were President's, yeah, Cup, I mean, President's Trophy winners. Maybe the best team in hockey. They didn't play well in their round robin. I don't really know what that speaks to yeah. or how much of that we can really take into consideration because they are sort of a veteran-laden team who wasn't playing for, you know, they weren't playing, they weren't fending off elimination. So they didn't necessarily have to, uh, to go, you know, all to the wall uh, for stuff. Maybe they were tinkering a little bit. Who knows, you know, what went into that. But I, I don't look necessarily as much as what they aren't as much as what the hurricanes are. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. and like, it just feels like they, the hurricanes have, I mean, essentially just an extra year of, ex I mean, a bunch of stuff. The health is a big part of it. Um, but an extra year of experience under their belt for a bunch of guys. I mean, for this top line to have had the series they had against the New York Rangers, you couldn't ask for anything better going into this series against the top line that is incredible for, for boss. I mean, you just right. look at their point totals from the beginning of the year. I mean, it's like, you think that, that we look at Sebastian, I we look at Andre Sveshnikov and Tavo Teravainen. And we, we, we talk about them in such glowing terms in terms of the, the seasons they had and the productivity that they had. And then you look at the numbers and they did, and I'm not taking anything away from them, but then you look at the numbers of Boston's top line <laughs> and it just blows it all away. Yeah. You know, but you, but now you've got a, a group of guys who are another year experienced. They're healthy. I mean, Sebastian, I had a, a hand injury last year, um, you know, and Andre Svechnikov, and I know this was two series earlier, but you know, who knows how much getting punched out by Alex Ovechkin <laughs> affected him into even that Bruins series, not to mention he was a rookie playing, you know, in his first playoffs and against a really good team. Um, so you just have a whole other level of experience with the group as a whole. There's, um, so it just feels like they're way better equipped in all places to play, uh, to play Boston this year. I mean, and the goaltending, you know, their, their goaltenders are insane. Um, so good. I mean, I think, Rask was top 10 and yeah. save percentage and oh. <laughs> goals against and also wins this year. Yes. Um, in all three categories he was, I think he was like pops in the league in terms of save percentage. So he was super good, but the hurricanes goaltenders have a level that they can get to that is as good as that. It's just a matter of sustaining it for long periods of time. So, you know, it's, it should be a competitive series. I think, I mean, and I think the hurricanes have a great chance to come on top, come out on top. And like I said before, I like playing Boston first because if the Canes do end up playing the Capitals at some point, it'll be for higher stakes. Uh, it, it, it will be. I mean, who knows what's going to happen because they reseed after each round. We don't have the, uh, 
the security of knowing who the second round opponent would be because you were dependent on how, uh, you know, in, in the reseed. So it could be Washington. It could be Tampa. Right, it could but, be Philly. I mean, if uh, I mean, Hurricanes were to beat Boston. Right, but assuming both teams go on to the Eastern Conference Finals, which I'm fully expecting the Hurricanes to do, uh, the Cavs have a good chance to do that. They could meet there. And in that case, they're fighting uh, for a spot in the Stanley Cup Finals. That would be absolutely so. Uh, it, it, no, no matter no matter what, if they end up meeting, it'll be for higher stakes than the uh, than the first round. Uh, two things about last year's Boston sweep of Carolina that I think are worth uh, worth noting, or actually three things. The first thing is that it's very easy to get lost. Yes, it was a sweep. Boston was the better team. Boston uh, got under Carolina's skin, and it kind of rattled them, including Marchand doing that to uh, to Justin Williams in games one and two in Boston. Um, but the, uh, the Hurricanes were the better team through f- the first 40 minutes of that series. They were outplaying Boston in Boston through two periods, had a 2-1 lead on a really remarkable Greg McKegg second-period goal midway through the period. Uh, and probably should have been ahead by more than one goal. And then Boston scored two quick power play goals at the start of the third, and that was basically the end of the series. Uh, it ended up being a 5-2 final, uh, which, which was a very misleading game because Carolina was better through 40 minutes, uh, and the power play was the difference in the series. You know what Boston was with the man advantage in the series last year? They were 7 for 16 on the power yeah. play. When you yeah. when you allow 43.8% success rate on the to to the other team's power play, there's no way you can win a series. Um Carolina's penalty kill looks better this year than it did last year. Um I think the forwards are better. I think the defensemen are better. Uh, they don't have Brett Pesci, which matters, but they do have Joel Edmondson, uh, who's awfully good killing penalties. And Brady Shea yeah. was very good killing penalties in uh, in the first uh, in the series against the Rangers. So uh, I, I mean, Carolina and Flurry is a good penalty killer. Uh, so that to me is the key. If they can do that, if they can, uh, you know, essentially. Special teams, Boston to a draw. I think mm-hmm. Carol, Carolina's five-on-five five game might be better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that logic for sure. And also, I mean, the Canes. You know, there were three teams in the NHL that were top ten in the penalty kill and the power play. The Canes and the Bruins were one of them. Uh, were 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 both uh, part of that group. Um, and Boston failed to score a power play goal in all of their round robin games. Uh, so far, again, right. not sure what we can take out of that. I don't take anything but, out of it, honestly. But I mean, the the if the one thing the Hurricanes have shown us a lot is that even when teams go on the power play, they're pretty good as a penalty killing team. Uh, the Canes are. Yeah. So I think that the Hurricanes are always better off in a five on five situation against anyone. I'll take them against anyone in the league in a five on five situation. Um. And I'm not that concerned over the special teams. Um, I'd like to see the Hurricanes' power play be a little bit more lethal. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned last year, wasn't against no, the Bruins. They were one for fourteen uh, against the Bruins in the yeah. uh, in the four game sweep. And Dougie Hamilton right. coming back should help the power play, right? Yeah. So I mean, like.
do you want to play with less men on the ice? No, you don't. But I feel uh, good about the Hurricanes penalty kill. There's upside for the power play, and I'll take the Hurricanes in five-on-five scenarios anytime. So um, I, I feel good about the series. I really do. I mean, anything could happen. Obviously, that's why they play the games. Uh, but, you know, the Hurricanes, to me, are in a really good spot. The one I don't know how much to put into the fact that they haven't played in six games, how much it matters that they were riding um, you know, so high the way they played against New York. And there was still an extra level to get to for them in the New York series. Yeah. And you and I talked about that first game kind of being the best game they played in terms of start to finish. Um, and it kind of, you know, there were, there were moments here and there, but it kind of dropped off. And then the third period of the final game was, you know, an excellent period by them, obviously. Um, but, you know, there's, there's another level for the Canes to get to as well. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I think they can. I think they will. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the first game against the Rangers, Carolina was the, by far the better team. It got a little crazy at the end when Carolina allowed that silly shorthanded goal. Um, but ultimately, they were the better team. Uh, they got away with uh, not a great performance through two periods uh, and then were uh, good in the third to win game two. But then, I mean, they were completely outclassed by the Rangers through two periods. It's a, if it's not for James Reimer, it could have been 6-1 after, uh, after two, but it was 1-1. And then Carolina played the, maybe the best period they played uh, in that qualifying series. The other thing about Boston last year, I went back and looked at it. There were so many, like, fringe guys who scored for the Bruins. Yeah. Yeah, they had they had helped or they had guys that were uh, that were oh, who who was it that Stephen that scored like yeah Stephen Camper scored the first goal of the series uh, right. to take a one nothing lead. Camper, I'm not even sure Camper's in the league anymore. Uh, yeah, Camper scores. Uh, Matt Grez, uh, Greslick, who Greslick. I, who is is part of their group, uh, but doesn't score a lot. He scored twice in game two. Uh, Connor yeah. Clifton scored. Uh, I mean, their blue line, I mean, loaded up on points. Zidane Chara didn't have a point at all. Uh, Tori Krug had like three assists. They were awesome. Uh, they just got so much support scoring. Marcus Johansson, Charlie Coyle. I mean, even David Backus, who was just basically a, a, on the trash heap, uh, played about nine and a half minutes a game. Even back has scored last year. So there's there are other guys, their depth players destroyed Carolina last year. I mean, obviously you you're gonna win a series if that's the way it goes because you've got so many stars elsewhere. But uh, so that was a big problem uh, for the Hurricanes. But uh, you know, it was also the end of uh, you know seven months of hockey, and now here we are, and it's basically we're in the third week. Yeah. Oh man, it's just uh, every everything is uh, everything is turned upside down right now. By the way, I don't know if I should say this here, but 10 a.m. storm uh, storm watch. Oh, for, a, a, a uh, for, one for hour game one. A one hour storm watch. A one hour storm watch leading up to game one against the Boston Bruins. Excellent. I guess we'll be talking in the morning as well. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, you need to get to bed, my uh, my friend. Well, uh, somehow I got to even out this caffeine first. <laughs> then I'll figure that out. Uh, single malt. 
Yes. Single malt will uh, will even out the caffeine. All right, Alec Campbell, go get some sleep. Uh, I'll talk to you, uh, well, depending on when people le- uh, listen to this, sometime between 10 and 11 uh, on an extended storm watch. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. All right, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Later. Peace. All right, so there you go. We managed to crank out a morning after podcast in the morning after the first Hurricanes game suspended since the Canes and the Red Wings were suspended by fog at PNC Arena. So that was, what, two years ago? Three years ago? It all runs together. Uh, And I believe on that day it was Trip Tracy's birthday, wasn't it? Uh, So there you go. No happy recap. Just a lot of uh, just some conversation about the Hurricanes and the Bruins. Uh, yeah, for the record, I picked the Canes in six. Uh, I did not see Alec on the record, but I believe he did say he thinks the Canes are going to win this series. Uh, and if for those people scoring at home, uh, I took the Lightning to beat the Blue Jackets, the Flyers over the Canadiens, uh, and the Islanders to upset the Capitals in seven games uh, in the East. And my winners in the West are Vegas, Colorado, Dallas, and Vancouver. Uh, so with that said, the Morning After Podcast is brought to us by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, the Aluminum Company, they're the people to call. Gutter helmets, roofing, windows, siding, everything. The Aluminum, the aluminum Company of North Carolina has it on Hamlin Road and DurhamAluminumCompany.com. So... Uh, sometime after the Hurricanes and the Bruins wrap up game one, we'll have the afternoon after podcast or something of that nature. Uh, and as, as of right now, 11 o'clock start on Wednesday for game one, and it's still a Thursday, eight o'clock start for game two. So back to back, my guess is we'll see James Reimer on Thursday since, uh, unless something changes, it will be Peter Morazic in game one uh, for the Hurricanes against the Bruins. All right, for uh, thanks to my friend Alec Campbell, uh, we thank you for hanging out on the Morning After podcast. You know, you can you know what you could always do. You could subscribe to it. Shows up in your phone or wherever you get your podcast automatically. Give us a rating. Uh, give us a five star rating. You know why? Because it's worth five stars. You don't have to give us charity, but it's worth five stars, isn't it? Uh, So I'm Adam Gold. We thank you for hanging out, and we'll see you next time on the Morning After Podcast. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details.